Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. I'm yeah, I feel like an idiot with Zoom again. I just don't remember how to do anything. Yeah, it's easy. It just says record. It literally says hit record. And I was struggling. So Neat things happen, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Now I used to like Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I don't like him quite so much anymore. Um, I can't get tickets to see him in DC, unfortunately, in, in March. It was right, so, so you don't like him because you can't get tickets to one of the biggest events of the year. Um, he chose to do a he chose to work with Ticketmaster and ah. they had something called a, a verified fan experience. So because they were trying to stop tick, hands, tickets getting into the hands of scalpers and then being mm. massively overpriced. So I signed up and it was like a lottery system and I actually made it and it said you'll be given this code. Um, you'll be allowed to buy tickets before the general public, blah, 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 blah. And um, they were releasing them on different days around the country. You were saying, and I already knew ahead of time. People were complaining, and uh, I think it was Philadelphia that was one of the first up. And they were like, "It's ridiculous. Tickets like three to five thousand dollars." They're like, "We we're not paying that. Like, we can't afford to pay that." And I was like, "Well, I'm not paying that either." And anyway, the day of, my I was actually sick, and I totally forgot about it. But it was it was like a two day window, so I went on the next day early in the morning. It was same thing. Cheapest seats were three hundred plus before Ticketmaster charges uh, for the worst seats. And if you wanted to be on the floor, it was several thousand. I'm like, I'm not paying up. The boys wanted to go. So it's like, it's not just me, <laughs> but I wasn't paying. I've been before. Last time I went, um, Mason and I went and when it was in DC as well. And I think we paid 40 or $50. You got my taste at least then. They wanted to three hundred is a little different. So yeah, no, it's Ticketmaster has something. I don't know what it's called. It's like an adjustable pricing depending on demand. They can adjust the price to kind of milk this cow for as much as they can, and they did. So yeah, yeah. they they're no better than the scalpers then, basically. Uh, it kept them away from the scalpers, but a lot of people just went immediately and posted them back online. So fans got to repost them. So fans became the scalpers. Yeah, so it's not one single person making. If they can if they can adjust the price according to demand, then they're a scalper themselves. Oh, Ticketmaster. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have a lot of time for Ticketmaster anyway. And so I that's do. why you don't like Bruce Beats anymore because he because he decided I don't want the scalper to get my ticket, so I'm going to work with his company. So surely it's ticket market be mad, not Bruce. Um, apparently it's gonna be it's being discussed, I think he said in the Senate or something, <laughs> like this model has gone so badly that they need to put something in place where fans can actually afford to get but yeah, yeah. long-time Bruce fans are like, I'm not paying that money. And I'm like, I'm not paying that money either. Well, there's a tribute band, there's a couple of tribute bands. Uh one I think is called the B Street Band, and the other one is mm-hmm. Bruce in the USA. I've seen Bruce in the USA before, he's really, really good. Um they're about $25, $30 a seat, and you're really close. So yeah. I think we'll just end up doing that in the end. I uh, mean, for context, Graham, how big is the venue that you're going to look at in? Capital One Arena. It's where the uh, Washington Wizards play and the okay. Washington Capitals hockey team play. I believe so they have Capital Punishment there, didn't they, as well? The thing that disappointed me most yeah. was I didn't want it to be there. Last time we went, it was at the National Stadium, which is mm. probably... I guess with people on the field, you probably get 50, 60,000. So I knew that there was going to be less tickets available. Of course, more more seats further away you are from the action. But hey, hey, it is yeah. what it is. Hey, I'm leaving this. By the way, I'm leaving all the, I'm doing I the edit, I'm guessing. All this is staying in because I don't have really much wrestling talk, even though I haven't been on there for three weeks. 
It's some filler, probably. I don't yeah. know. Perhaps once we get started, we'll. Have oh, to we can. When in, when in two hundred and three of them, we ever ever struggled for something to talk about. Oh, is it two hundred and three? Oh, I had two hundred and two yeah. in my notes. I must have lost an episode. Did I not do an episode? Did you have a guest or something? Uh, unless I missed one somewhere. Uh, no, it is two hundred three. My bad. Okay. <laughs> Never take two weeks off again, boys. <laughs> I had no idea. Good, bad, good, bad, good. And normally, I guess we're kind of in our intro. Welcome back to Good Cop, Bad Cop, episode 202. We've been off for three weeks. Um, Mason had his first golf tournament yesterday. Um, mm. He'd only been playing three, four weeks, and um, his school started practicing on uh, Monday. We did not think he would be playing in this first tournament, but a couple of people were unavailable. So he suddenly started playing, and it's the first time he's ever played 18 holes. He's played nine holes probably two, three times, not very much. And um, I said, I'll walk around with... Um, I'll walk around with him. Everyone else is like, oh, we're going to get a driving car. I'm like, I'm British. Like, I don't, we don't need a driving car for the, I'll just walk around the course with him. And um, I remember mentioning to the coach at one point, um, his tea time was 1.30. And uh, I was talking to another coach. So I was asking like, hey, is it his time to go up or whatever? And um, he said, no, 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 it's the 120 group. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And he says, oh, rain's coming through at 5.30. And I was like, well, that's lucky because everyone will be finished by then. And you know you get a look when you, see, when you say something stupid and you get a look on somebody's face and you can tell immediately that it's something stupid? Um, I, I know the look. quite frequently yeah. when I'm recording this podcast. Um, the look on his face was like, uh, yeah, they won't be finished by 5.30. I was like, four hours to finish 18 holes? I'm like, surely they were like, when I used to play, it was like two and a half hours. But, um, I think we finally left the course yesterday at 7.15. <laughs> it was like nearly six hours. It when was... did Mason finish, though? Um, Mason's, um, Mason struggled. Um, he, like, I don't know, I don't think you particularly play golf, Matt, but I'm wondering if you can answer this question, okay? So, supposing for the first nine holes, every tee shot that you take goes right, what would you do on hole 10 if you were teeing off? Correct. Exactly. Now, we talked about this ahead of time because it's something that he does. Did he react to this? No. And when I asked him, I was like, why didn't you aim left? And he was like, I did aim left. And I checked behind him. I was like, buddy, your feet are in the wrong position. So he thought he was aiming left and he wasn't. But even that, so on the 10th tee shot, you aim left, Matt, and it still goes right. What would you do on the 11th tee? Give up. <laughs> I would aim further left. I said, aim further left then. Anyway, by the end, he was fine. Um, anyway, the long story that I'm trying to get to with this is, in the end, I had 15,000 steps, Matt. I didn't do any steps until I stepped on that course. And last night when I got home, I was tired. Like, I didn't have any... I had a very late dinner, and then I started watching TV, and then suddenly around 10 o'clock, I was like, oh, shoot, we're recording at 6 a.m. <laughs> I haven't got any notes. I had no notes at 10, 10 p.m. last night. Um, so Let's anyway, right I'm a little, I was tired from playing golf. I was tired because I was suddenly like, oh, shoot, I got to get notes ready as well. So, um, yeah, this this fill has been perfect. Uh, but it, it was a fun time on the golf course, though. Um, he can hit it an absolute mile. He just has to work on his aim. <laughs> Once we can get his aim good, he will be. He nearly reached a par four in one. That's how far he can actually drive. It. Sounds so, like John Arisa, Graham, to be fair. And hit. <laughs> Plenty of, plenty of power, but sort of accuracy. Um, <laughs> yes. So once I could aim him, like if I could coach him at the start, but now he knows. I was like, buddy, I was like, next time we're on the course, it can't take 16 holes for you to realize if every shot's going right, you got to aim left. And if it's still going right, you aim further left. 
And um, we're going to try and work on his mechanics of why he's hitting it right. But for you, just got to get through what you're getting. It I remind you, Graham. He's also a teacher now. I know what I'm doing. Dad, I don't know what you're talking about. Sort of uh, thing. I know, I know. But it, finally, and I'm, I'm saying that we we were both in the same position at some point. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was a real baptism of fire for him. Like when I started playing golf, I used yeah. to play on a par three course near where I lived. Probably the longest hole was 200 yards, something like that. Two of his first uh, four holes were over 550 yards. So I was like, that, that can, if you're not hitting particularly well, that's a long way. So anyway, he, he did well. He left 18 with a smile on his face because all the other people on his team were still there at that point, And coach was there. And coach said, well, that's a good sign. And he said, I had fun. He said, I enjoyed it. He knows he can play much better. His pudding was not good. His chipping wasn't good. But he's only been playing three, four weeks. So it's like, hey, it's all good. If he's having fun, yeah. then what can anyone say about it? Mm -hmm. I had fun walking apart. around as well. And that's the that's I'm going to get my steps in for the next few weeks. I'm going to be happy. Yeah, we've got a golf course literally down the road from where I live. Literally, it's you about, played it. Uh, have I fuck? There was like windmills there, and uh... no, Graham, Graham, that one. Oh, not that, that one. That one is that one is up at my house actually. As it goes, now since I moved. <laughs> um, uh, no, we actually got a proper 18 hole golf course down the road. Um, mm. It's about maybe it's maybe half a mile down the road. Uh, mm. You will never catch me on that golf course, Graham, ever. And why is that? I despise the game. <laughs> I despise <laughs> it. So you've, also... swing it. so you've swung clubs then? Yeah, usually at people. Um, okay, but you know enough to know that you don't. Is it you don't like it because you're not good at it? It's a waste of a good walk. And that's very Mark Twainish of you, right there. Um, I've I. During lockdown, we when things opened up for a little bit, uh, with round table, we we went down to a driving range just to like hit some balls because they were nice to play the park sort of things. We just like socialised with each other. I we had a hundred balls, and I've well, that's never, a lot. I've never been more bored. Okay. <laughs> seriously, seriously, I would much rather watch NASCAR. Oh. Well, now, now you okay. Now I got something for comparison. I can understand. All right, I guess we better move off the uh, golf talk. How have you been, though, buddy? It's been, uh, it's been three weeks. It's been a bit of few weeks, actually. Um, uh, work's been, but uh, been absolutely chock a block at work. It's been so hot as well. Uh, we yeah. had the the ridiculous heat wave. It's still really warm at the moment, but this is not like Sudan. Levels of heat. At one point in the UK, it was hotter than it was in Doha, in um, mm. which is where the World Cup is being held. Obviously, in the football soccer World Cup, sorry, America, is being held in November, December. Uh, it's hot in the UK at and, and France than it was in <laughs> in bloody Qatar. Um, ironically, that's ironic, really. Uh, of course, watch the women win the European Championships. It's yeah, wonderful um, thing. Bad cop moment, though. I heard the Techers guys at the end of uh, the last season say that you guys were going to cover that, and um, not one. I know you guys were busy. I know you had other things on, but of all the tournaments, England finally get their first win in a major tournament since 1966. And I didn't get to hear your dulcet tones, and I just had to watch the game by myself and listen I, to the I commentary. I appreciate your kind words, Graham. Techers, we've, we've had to take a bit of a 
step back for a little bit for, uh-huh. because of everything going on in our in our personal lives, etc. Yeah. But take us all the way back. Take us all the way back. It was not the same. I'd, I'd forgotten what the experience was of actually watching a full game and having to listen to the regular commentators and not have food talk. And uh, I will take talk. that as a compliment. And it was, um, it was not the same experience. I did not enjoy it as much, I have to admit. We'll take that as a compliment for sure. And of course, this week, Graham. Um, obviously, I saw your nagging posts on on Twitter about <laughs> not setting a time and things. Uh, I've been at a wedding, Graham. Uh, oh, I went, six I got, days. I got back. I missed you on Tuesday, Graham, <laughs> and you hadn't set a date at that point. Um, anyway, uh, on uh, on Wednesday, we had our friend Amy and Eve. Um, and their, their wedding it was amazing. Um, Food was delicious. I even danced. I got it. I had done maybe two thousand. Please tell me video. Maybe I don't know. Uh, there's two thousand. I did two thousand steps during the day up to that point. I ended on about eight thousand. It's about dancing I was doing. <laughs> so I'll take that. I'll I take that. Had a quality I, steps dancing. I I had, I, I, had, I had so much fun doing. I did the, the cha cha slide. I did the, the macarena. And it just merged into a time warp at the end. And I was like, oh, I am I put full energy into that. I was exhausted, but I really enjoyed it. And there you go. Yeah, and uh, I had an update on my uh, my progress from my trainer. Uh, I've been told that my English and math is almost ready to go to mocks. Ooh. That's uh, like a pre-assessment for our American listeners. Yeah. Getting close to being ready for the real thing. Yeah, apparently just need, just need to brush up a few of my functional skills and I'm ready to go. Mm, very nice. Yeah. And I know that as a math teacher, Graham, you'll be watching like a hawk. Graham, yeah. make sure. I also know I can come to you if I've got any questions as well. It, it was nice just to hear the word progress and not progress, to be honest. I uh, said progress. I thought no, you said company. Pro- no, you said progress. I yeah, said that progress nice to the wrestling company. It's also the pronunciation that I've tended to drift towards for the last few years, unfortunately. You're American, Graham, as well. I'm not American. I live in America. I'm a resident. I am not a citizen. Yeah, well, after five years, Graham, you, you get settled status, Graham. It means, means you're a resident. I did actually notice um, the the golf team have new bags this year. Apparently, they've never had; they've always had to bring their own, and they kind of everyone has different bags, and it never looked. So they actually asked; they're like the school actually bought them bags, so they all have the same identity. So when they go on the course now, everyone likes, oh look, it's the school. They have the American flag on the side. I was like, eh. I thought like, I liked that. American. One. I was like, Mason's not American though. He's British. I'm sure he will probably take. He holds a dual passport, Graham. For right now, he's half and half. I do want to. I don't know if I can, and I don't think he would agree to it unless I. I I don't have to tell him. Of course, I could of course buy an English sticker and then just plaster it over the side of his back. I tell you what, how big? This doesn't work for a video for a audio version, Graham. But how big, roughly, would you say is the the flag on the on the bag? Uh, the flag, it's probably uh, eight inches by four inches, something like you that. Get, you can find a sticker that size. You can find a sticker easily over the top. See if anyone notices. See if anyone notices. Just put don't don't put a white don't put the white. Just put the British flag because it's similar. I was going to say the colors. British flag's probably more recognisable than the uh, the European and than the uh, English flag anyway. I don't know if I told you this story, but when I was going to uh, one of the wrestle one of the wrestling events. I, I mentioned the fact that I was going to take my British flag because people wouldn't recognize the English flag. And I got called out by one of the Americans. They were like, well, I know what it looks like. And I was like, okay, what does it look like? She's like, it's got stars on it. I'm like, you just proved my point. 
That's Australia, people. I don't. I I think you might be giving that person a little bit too much credit. To Australia, New Zealand, and they've all got a, a Union Jack on them. Yes, but so can't beat. The, but yeah, it was like point proven. And I did have somebody when I was driving to a, a Pittsburgh baseball game one time who I was talking to, and I was next to my car, and it had the uh, English flag on the back, and they asked me if I was a member of the Red Cross. Um, at, least I get, at least I get the, to be fair that's not too dissimilar Graham that, that is very literal it does have a red cross on the back I, I can't and to, be fair, and to be fair the red cross is a, is a red cross in a white background they may have thought it was a smaller mm-hmm. one I remember a story Graham of, of a Portsmouth fan being somewhere in the Middle East and someone mistook and armed guard attacked his car okay. and they uh they stopped when they saw his Portman badge and they mistook it for a religious symbol that they supported. <laughs> Not joking. I, mean, I saw that. I was like, I wow. Wow. Someone <laughs> was praying to God at that point for sure. <laughs> oh. I'm enjoying this, but do you want to talk some wrestling as well? I've got a lot to talk about, Grant. Let's do this. All right, let's say that first segment. Um, we don't have any guests because we can't. We can barely organize ourselves these days. But so you get to go first, Matt. What you got to talk about? Uh, there's a lot. I was say I'm, I'm assuming it's not necessarily from the last week. It could be from the last three weeks, probably. Last three weeks, Graham. It, I, it's ironic, Graham, isn't it? That literally, um, good cop, bad cop dropped last <laughs> episode, and then how can I put this tactfully? Um, the shit hit the fan. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> but shit hit the fan. Vince is gone completely. Vince is gone. He's not only gone as, as, as I said it's gonna happen, but you didn't believe me. I thought I could see it was happening long term. Because it's now a federal investigation. And obviously that's bad cop, you know, the whole business around that that murky ward, we're not getting into that because we're looking forward here at this good cop moment. Um and they're sweeping completely clean. They're sweeping clean inside WE. Um not in no, no thing to do create anymore. Triple H, as we announced, he was back in charge of NXT already. We knew that already. Now he's head of creative. Oh, and the changes have already been have been fan, have been significant already. I mean, some of the storylines are in play. They've got to play out, finish off at some of them, which they've done now. Um, and you know, start building the stuff, building up to what's coming in. The build up to like Clash of the Castle, which which Triple H is really putting a lot of money in. This is this is this isn't like Insurrection back in the day, which I used to love watching, but they were not canon if in terms of storyline. Sometimes Grand Carhead. Um. Now I knew Vince was stepping back, but I didn't realize Triple H was spending his own money on WWE. Uh, I did not know that side of it. Uh, what, he has what, a little what, bit less money than Vince, I believe. I've lost something here. You said uh, Triple H is putting his own money into uh... Uh, money where his mouth is. Into, oh, money where mouth is, yeah. yeah, not not literally. Or to be fair, fair, he's got he's he's kind of married to the CEO, which so technically what's hers is his, and what's her, what's her his is hers, as they say. No, you can't have my money, Chris. Right, okay. Uh, yeah. So Clash of the Castle is going to be such a big deal um, at the start of September with. Drew McIntyre challenging. Uh, oh, as we found out, I'm going to talk about this a bit more in in, in uh, my speed check. Um, 
obviously Roman Reigns. Uh, what and that's gonna be a great match. We want we want to see this rematch for for since Survivor Series twenty twenty. So I'm I'm fully on board of this. Fully on board of this. I mean, it's been building up to it quite nicely. Um, but it's what he's else he's done. Um, like people being happier to work. The atmosphere back, backstage is apparently completely different already. Uh, he wants people to be having fun at work. We've we've seen how much fun people have at the indie shows, Graham. We've seen this over the years. And AEW, they seem to be having fun over there. So why the read guys are having fun? It makes sense that you should be going to work and have fun. I've I've long said um, in my own job, Graham, and any job, if you go to work and you can't have fun, you're in the wrong job. I mean, I'm sure you have fun at work, Graham. Try. Yeah, you, <laughs> I can't say it's always true, but yeah, no, we, we you try, try to we, have fun. You can make things fun, and, and the people who you work with make a, a huge difference. You don't. Um, I have been at one school that where I didn't particularly have an enjoyable experience, um, and that was but yeah, the, that was the wrong management. Role. But yeah, that's management can make a, a big difference for for, for sure. If you have a supportive uh, management and you have good workers around you, that that makes the whole experience much, much better for sure. I can vouch for that in my current job. My managers I've got now are much better managers than I used to have. That's why I've got training and all this stuff. I'm happy with my work. I'm happy doing what I do. People are so happy that some people are saying that if that if Triple H had been a creative, they might not have left. Yeah. In the first place. Yeah. Now Tony Khan has Tony Khan made over so like, yeah, these guys are tied into contracts, they're not going anywhere hmm. soon. Like, like, no, we, we get that. We we get that, but but that the door is now open when a contract expire, they've got a choice again. If they, if they may feel welcome to go back. So much so that a rumour that Johnny Gargano is coming back to WWE and Gargano and Champa on main roster with Triple H like in a creative form. Yes, please. Um, I'm already enjoying nice. how much uh, time Champa's getting already. Like his Champ- promo alongside being the mouthpiece for the Miz, but then now actually having wrestling matches for himself, where he looks like that character we knew yeah. love on NXT. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Champa being wasted on main roster completely, and now he he looks like Champa again. He's got a US title match against Bobby Lashley. Looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, but not only that, Drew was on his way back. Dakota Kai is back already. Yes, yes. I mean, when she, I mean, I, I mean, when Bailey appeared, I was like, yes, finally. And then, um, the uh, what? I mean, they've changed Io Shirai's name. Why? That I didn't understand because well, that's more of a Vince thing than a Triple H thing. I it's more it's I, I'm not quite sure why that is, but it's not a big change. Like it's Io Sky rather than Io Shirai. It's not a big change. These Does things happen. WWE like, uh, fans aren't, can't pronounce six letter words. I can't. I couldn't comment. Can't, can't but it, these things happened before. I mean, we, for example, like like uh, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan. It's like, like small variations depending on the companies that people work in. These things happen. X Pack. X Pack was six pack, for example, on the on the Indies, and he was six. And it's, it's just variations on words. I don't have a problem with that one. It, it's fine. It's not a silly name. It's fine. It's fine. Um, it's not like it's not like Pete Dunder Butch, for example. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how much he's selling it, it's not Butch. Um, no. <laughs> he's selling it. He's selling it like it's like it's grade A cocaine, but it, it's really not. Um, 
but um, also, he's also apparently, uh, he's also negotiated to get to Sasha Banks and Naomi to bring him back as well. Now, if he's done that, given how they walked out, well, given that John Lights is gone, Vince is gone, Triple H, who obviously both have worked with an NXT, obviously, they'll be, they'll be, I'm sure that, that Triple H really done straight away like, guys, I'm going to make things better for you. It's not going to happen again. And who knows, maybe the women's tag division will actually finally have some meaning. Maybe. Maybe they'll actually create the championships and give them some meaning. I would have, I mean, they had one good team. And that's it. <laughs> women's, I mean, could you say Bailey and Sasha? That was like they were a team. In the comics, they were a team. Everyone else was thrown together at last minute, sort of thing, like Asuka and um, Charlotte Flair. I like both of them as wrestlers, but they're not a team. Ah, but yeah, my my main, my main good comment going for last week is Triple H getting his feet under the table and uh, already getting to work. Thank, welcome back, Paul Levesque. Um, yeah, not that I'm uh, particularly religious, but my <laughs> my few prayers that I've asked have asked have been uh, answered. Um, I think we both wanted Triple H to. Um, we liked what he did on the old NXT, and I, I'm kind of hoping that also the old NXT style will come back as well. Um, we're not just talking main roster stuff, but we wanted to see what Triple H could do with that main roster. The thing that's kind of surprised me a little bit is I haven't heard Shawn Michaels talked about at all. Like one on the NXT, it wasn't just uh, Hunter. Shawn Michaels was a big part of that as well. Um, and I haven't heard his name mentioned at all. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of curious to see if he still has a role with the company, uh, what that role will be. Uh, I know it's still early days. We're talking less than three weeks, which is a very short time frame. And I know they had more important, pressing um, issues. But I am kind of, I'm hoping that um, he'll be involved as well. Well, I can tell you, Greg, I, I just checked I just checked this morning about oh, okay. a few things in the performance centre. Um, and uh, Shawn Michaels is a coach to the performance centre. So... Uh, he's yeah. definitely he's, he's definitely involved in NXT behind the scenes still. So yeah, um, you don't worry about them. HBK is still around, <laughs> passing on that knowledge and uh, well, making making future future Hall of Famers for sure. Mm-hmm. Now we never discuss our moments really ahead of time unless there's some very specific reason or if there's one that we want that's very personal to us that we want to reserve um, or it's something that you need to see um, so it makes sense. Um, and I, I figured you'd want to talk WWE. So um, I, I deliberately stayed away from it because I was like, if I want to talk about it, I can just piggyback up the end of your comments. So um, I wanted to talk, um, being obviously living in Virginia, I wanted to talk about Virginia Championship Wrestling. Um, the re- In July, it was the uh, Liberty Lottery. Um, I, I didn't I couldn't go it, it was too far and I was actually I had something else on the same there's like three things on the same weekend and um price of gas right now it's, it's a kind of a long way to go and uh yeah we, we didn't end up going and um, last time we went it was actually livid the clown won the liberty lottery uh if you win the liberty lottery uh, basically you get equivalent of the money in the bank you get to cash in at a future event for any title that you want to um and i think if i remember correctly then he cashed in with wes danger rogers for the uh virginia championship wrestling tag teams actually i don't think i think it was vanguard championship wrestling at that point i think they changed their name during the pandemic so i want to talk a little bit about that 
that. Um, all these are from Facebook. This could kind of been a speed check thing, but I just wanted to look, put them all together. Um, sure. Certainly some names that you'll be familiar with here as well. Uh, first one is, we'd like to once again thank the amazing crowd that wrapped around the Norfolk Masonic Temple for the 15th Annual Liberty Lottery. We appreciate your patience as we are aware that the huge number of attendees created a bottleneck at our front door. There is a solution in the pipeline, and we intend to minimize wait times going forward. Now, that might sound like a bad cop moment. The video, that they actually, they, one of the things they do, and I've seen them do this on another one, they get the camera right from the people at the front table, and then they follow it all the way around the outside. Um, so you can see everybody who's getting waiting to go in. People are giving like thumbs up. They're showing their signs. They're like waving at the camera. It's kind of a, a really fun thing. That line was massive, Matt. I haven't, they, as they went through the door, it went uh, all the way back. I've never seen it backed up as that. Um, clearly, that's a good cop moment. Fans want to see independent wrestling. Great to see Virginia Championship Wrestling getting so many people for what I consider probably their, that's kind of like their WrestleMania, uh, I would say, the Liberty Lottery. Awesome to see them doing that. And awesome the fact that they found a solution to try and make that a little better for the fans. All the fans had smiles on their faces. They couldn't care less. <laughs> These lines, I also know, they open their doors. Like, it's not like a 30-minute thing like some of the Indians. They open their doors like an hour and a half beforehand. So great to see fans wanting to go and see that event. Uh, next one, for the first time since before the global pandemic, women's wrestling returned to VCW at the 15th Annual Liberty Lottery. Erica Lee and Savannah Evans put on an impressive physical match that thrilled the fans in attendance last Saturday night. Our sources have said this is only the beginning of a new era in Virginia women's wrestling. Congratulations to both competitors on a memorable bout. I think we've talked multiple times. One of the things we do love about the Indies is the fact that women's wrestling does get a place. Sometimes we know on some of the main products, sometimes it's like an afterthought, as it were. And I think probably that might have been true for Virginia Championship Wrestling as well. But good to recognize that that's something that's not going to happen going forward. There are going to be more matches. And uh, Erica Lee is a personal favorite. Um, she's, I think she's from like the Richmond area. I know she's certainly trained in Richmond. And Savannah Evans, I've seen a few times in the local area as well. So good to see both of those women putting on a great match and making sure that they want to put more of those matches on that card as well. And the last one involves somebody you've actually, oh, sorry, third third one involves somebody you've actually interviewed, Matt. Uh, the 15th Annual Liberty Lottery winner was undoubtedly the biggest night in VCW career of Logan Easton LaRoe. Although our fans saw LaRoe legally eliminated from the Liberty Lottery, VCW officials did not. Um, this allowed him to re-enter the ring and claim victory with one final elimination on Desmond King. As if that wasn't enough, the champion of the 1% would later do what no other wrestler has ever done in the history of the Liberty Lottery. He cashed in his guaranteed title shot against the exhausted Ken Dixon. The result? A new Virginia heavyweight champion. So, Logan Easton LaRoe is currently the, the big dog, as he was, at VCW. Um, I know he's had appearances on AEW this year as well. He's currently some title holder in Tennessee. I can't remember exactly what, but always good to see the, uh, the king of the 1% uh, doing well there as well. And I suddenly realized, uh, omitted from my notes, and I have no idea why this was, the fourth one was um, Benjamin Banks and Diamond Victor Griff, Matt's got his pinky up there straight away. Uh, they defended their uh, VCW tag team titles as well. Always good to see Benjamin doing well. I did see a few clips from that match, and uh, Benjamin's looking in good shape. He I know, great, I know you follow him on Facebook as well. He's looking in good shape right now. He's hitting that gym regularly, hitting it hard. His posts are always fun with all his little anime characters around him, supposedly, who he worked out with. Uh, but yeah, hey, it's all good fun. Great to see VCW doing good. Great to see a lot of names who I'm familiar with, having not been to many indie events recently, but great to see some of those names really doing well also. 
Absolutely. I mean, Benjamin Banks, I mean, we've had the privilege of him being in both in our lives for the last four or five years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, such a positive guy. Uh, even when he's really at his low, he tries to inspire other people. Um, I'm very privileged to say he's my friend. Mm-hmm. I'm privileged to say that. Uh, he's He's been on multiple podcasts I've, I've been a part of. Uh, obviously, he made his uh, podcasting debut on um, an MGB back in the day, of course, Graham. Not his debut. I, I, I think I, uh, I think I heard him on. A, he was on another English podcast. I, I heard. Um, oh. So he had done at least one before us, but um, it certainly was a big point in MGB history for sure. Somebody who we wanted to talk to, and mm. um, he was very gracious. I think we actually had him on three times in about um, twelve months. Well, um, no. Yeah, well, first one we we didn't we didn't really know what we were doing, uh, and he was very gracious. And uh, the second time we we kind of had a better idea. We're like, oh, I wish we'd asked him this. And he was like, oh yeah, I'll come back on again. And then it just made sense of talking about the Liberty Lottery that we would have him on again to kind of that was our first time that we went to one of those events, mm. and we got him to talk about that as well. So yeah, such a good such a sort of down to earth guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I say, from his journey from where he's gone, from where he was to where he is now, I mean. Yeah, uh, search them out, guys, at King Benji Banks on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Now, much to Matt's chagrin, I'm getting my phone out now because I'm going to get my timer out. Unlike the Good Cop, Bad Cop baseball podcast that doesn't have a strict 90 seconds, mm-hmm. I know the wrestling version does. So let me get my clock out. Matt, I think this might be a tough challenge. I'm sure there's probably a lot of stuff you want to talk about. but There is, um... but I'm going to limit it to one thing, Graham, in particular, which Ooh. was... SummerSlam. What a belt of the finish the feud between the year long feud between Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. It was perfectly paced. My word, it was good. I didn't think it'd be anywhere near as good. And of course, then we had Becky, the face turn at the end as well. She is, she has injured her shoulder, so she will be coming back in a bit. That's fine. That's perfect. She'll go and come back. Uh, We saw. The return of Edge, we knew it would be Edge coming back. Uh, great to see uh, that fiery lifting up like that. It was wonderful. Oh, and then the main event, which everyone was saying, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? Sort of thing. If it's the last time they wrestle each other, I'm obviously very happy about that. But the fact that we've we've seen everything, Graham, over the years with Brock Lesnar matches, we've seen. We've seen forklifts come out to lift the big show out of the arena on a stretcher match. We've seen him do a shooting star press and he break his neck. We've, um, you know, uh, so many things. And he's broken the ring uh, with a big show superplex. And this time he brought a track to the ring and destroyed the ring. <laughs> Pretty much destroyed it by lifting up a corner. I've never seen anything like that in my life. And I wonder how much that was Triple H inspired. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the moment that um Roman Reigns fell, as it was kind of you couldn't have tied I'm, I'm wondering if they practiced that before. It just looked so perfect. It just looked so good. It was so iconic. I saw the highlight. I was actually the boys actually watched um some of SummerSlam, which they don't normally do. Hmm. Um and um when it was time for Jackson to go to bed, like, look, buddy, you you got to go to bed now. We're not watching this till the end. And then we watched um, the end um, the following day. And so I, I, I just kind of knew what was going to happen and it didn't bother me. I'd seen the clip 
And um, yeah, they loved it as well. What a visual. Yeah, absolutely. What a visual. Because I, I said to him, I was like, think, I said, think, I said, we watch wrestling enough years that kind of everything that happens, you've already seen it before. I hadn't seen that before. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was an awesome moment uh, for sure. Yeah. I look back at the people, like the dirt sheets, like what culture, cultaholic were doing their live watch alongs. And they were marking out to that. The yeah. weird thing is, is, of course, when the action finished, like um, on the on the fixed camera side, in the bottom right corner, and obviously the, the ring was obviously up on the far left side. Obviously, yeah. so it was all happening down, there, and that's fine for on camera. How pissed off would you be if you were in front row on the far side? See, I don't know. I don't think I would be. I, I thought I'd, about... I'd, I'd be like, "What the hell? I can't go on." You got the Tron. Obviously, they can help you yeah. here. And be that, but you think you're in front row, main event, you actually gonna see the finish. You couldn't yeah, see I the finish. About that as well. but but what's gonna be the most memorable thing when we think when we talk it. about this event in 10 years' time, that's gonna be the thing that we'll remember more than anything else. If you actually got to see Brock from that side lifted up, then you wow. actually probably got the best view. Now, the fact that you couldn't see it at the end, that's your talking point. That's your story. Like I was on the side where you couldn't see anything, all you could see was the other side of the ring. I had to look up at the jumbo. I think that story makes that actually even better, personally. I understand the, the initial shortcoming of like, oh, I can't see the match directly. But I think if you're on that side, how many people have had the opportunity to see the underside of a, the ring for the whole of the main event? I think it's so unique. That actually, right. I think it actually works in their favor. And I think it makes for the better story. I think you're right, Graham. I think you're right. Because they're not thinking that, like what I just said. Yeah. We're thinking that, saying that, oh, they would be pissed off. No one was unhappy. No one was unhappy. Yeah. Flash back to Money in the Bank. Austin Theory, as soon as the, the moment he was getting to the top of that ladder to, to unhook the uh, the briefcase, everybody was running for the exits. No one wanted to see it. No one left early from this one. Mm-mm. And that even when Austin Theory came down with his briefcase, uh, didn't happen, of course, because he got taken out by... Uh, I broke. Yeah, I think when you go to an event, you want those iconic moments, and that's definitely going to be one of those common iconic moments. Compare that to just seeing a regular main event between those two. That's happened multiple times. Yeah, the ring being lifted up like that—that that has not been seen before. No, so I think it was. I think it, I think it outweighs it. I know the initial thing, like, hey, I spent a lot of money on this, and I can't see the whole thing. I think the story outweighs it in the end. Um, I want to throw in one. I, I figured you would talk about SummerSlam at some point, so I deliberately left it off. Um, I actually really like the match between uh, Liv and Ronda Rousey as well. The the finish at the end, like Liv tapped obviously on a two count, but actually she was pinned for for three. And uh, Ronda's reaction to that, and um, yeah, no, I, I I assumed Ronda was going to win the title back. I, I really did. I was like, how? There's no way. Like, how is Liv going to beat Ronda when she's not already had a match? Because Liv obviously cashed in to win the title. Enjoyed the storytelling. I like that Liv's got to keep the title for a little bit longer. I like that. I assume that's going to be the Ronda heel push now as well. But I, I like all those little elements. I, I, I think it was put together really well. And there was a, quite a few stories on that match. I, I, to get the boys to watch three hours of wrestling, four hours of wrestling, it, it was good. It, it was fun times. What you got, Graham? All right. Um, I had to stay away from one particular topic to begin with. Um Normally, I'm, you know I probably watch more AEW and I watch minimal amounts of uh, WWE. Yeah. And um, actually, for my speed check, it was actually the reverse. Um, I actually signed up for Sling TV. 
I know you asked me what that was. Basically, it's like a streaming service. I cut cable five years ago, this um, about a week ago, and I haven't been able to watch things live, even if I wanted to. Anyway, I signed up for Sling TV, mainly because um, the boys wanted to watch something. They wanted to watch the um, the All-Star game. They wanted to watch the baseball stuff. And I was like, well, let me see if I can sign up. Anyway, one of the sides of this I haven't thought about is I can watch Raw live now if I want to, and I'm on holiday. What I do is actually I DVR it, and then I start watching about an hour and a half in, I just skip all the commercials, and I'm still done basically by the time the main event's on. But I am getting to watch a lot more WWE, and for that reason, I haven't really watched any AEW. Now, the the I won't say the downside, the side that I haven't thought about that relates to this is, and um, there's other things I can watch as well. Um, A&E Legends, I've been watching the whole stuff for. Um, Miz and Mrs. Season 3, I forgot because of COVID. COVID, obviously, they didn't film, so I've been watching that as well. Uh, A&E, WWE Rivals, I've watched all those as well. Uh, Stone Cold versus Austin was obviously brilliant, as you would expect. And the one I watched last night, instead of taking my notes, was uh, Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar, which was really good as well. I'd, I'd missed some of that stuff. Uh, some shortcut moments. Uh, Mance Warner's facing John Moxley tonight. Very excited to see Warner there. And also, you can watch Impact Wrestling live as well. Uh, PCO crashing through the ring on Impact from a slam by Luke Gallows uh, was definitely a moment that was uh, very impressive as well. I must be getting close to time. We should probably say for context as well that we're recording on Friday. Obviously. We are recording Friday. So when, you, when you say he's facing... Uh, tonight, that obviously is on Rampage. Obviously, so I was two days ago. very excited when I saw that. Um, War- I'm such a cool guy. Mason and I saw him at, well, we saw him a lot on um, IWTV, and we saw him at uh, AIW in Cleveland, and we were really hoping he was going to have a merch table, and he didn't. And uh, we kind of put out a tweet mentioning it, like, oh, we're really disappointed we didn't get to see him. And he responded, he's like, oh, just come and check out near the entrance. He's like, I'm always there drinking a few beers. So I just drop by and say hi. It's like, <laughs> okay. Like, what a cool guy. Like, I didn't know. I didn't know that at all. Um, I think that's going to be. I think that's going to be pretty hard hitting. I think he's crazy enough that there's going to be blood for sure. Uh, I'm looking forward for that match. The blood's fine as long as it's done for the right reasons, and it's not just done because that's my gimmick. You know, I I'd like. I think putting him and Moxley together though, mm-hmm. they have those. That's something uh, um, um, battle we haven't seen though. I think that's yeah. good. And you have those indie people and the AEW people, or that indie person and the W, whatever. When you get those matchups that you don't get to see, but then it, but it makes sense to put them together. That that that's what kind of gets me excited. So there was one other thing I didn't mention. Um, I did see an entrance that was really cool. Obviously, you know Effie Matt, and you know Ali catches it now. They're team bossy. Um, Effie comes out with a cheese plate. Um, Ali walks out, like grabs a few cocktail sticks, eats a couple of pieces of cheese. Effie does the same. I was like, oh my god! <laughs> like, uh, I want to see. I only saw a little uh, gif of it, but I was like, I need, I need to see more of that entrance as well. Um, two really cool characters from the indies for sure. See, Seems a shame, I, but we've probably got to talk some bad cop moments as well. I've enjoyed talking about. This. Sometimes it's been difficult to find the good stuff. This has probably been one of the easiest episodes in two hundred plus uh, to find good cop moments. I would say, but. All right, let's see what was bad then in the last few weeks. Good! Bad! All right, you're up first, sir. What you got? Oh, God. I'm fully aware that a lot of people were looking forward to this. A lot of people looking forward... Two people in particular were looking forward to this on uh, Good Cop, Bad Cop 199. Um, This is, without a doubt, a question without a doubt, 
the biggest train wreck I have seen since, uh, well, Charlie Sheen, probably. Um, or, yeah, and that's been, actually, no, that's, that's, that's I could have said that since the, uh, the 2020 election, maybe, but that might, might be a bit too on the nose at the moment. Um, I'm talking about Ric Flair's last match. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Now, Graham is smiling. He got the funny thing. He made make Hitler as well. Um, I knew it was coming up on fan cop moments as well. That's why I was smiling. I know other people talked about it. The weird thing is, is there is this, this, the, the card was good. The card was good. Uh, Matt Warner won the Bunkhouse Battle Royal, for example. Last than Billy Ray on the pre-show. Um, you got Venerita and yeah, Imura as well, which is great. The mostly machine guns against the Wolves. Good matches here. Killer Cross versus David Boy Smith Jr. Yes. Only five minutes long of that match. Like, you think it'd be longer, wouldn't you? That sort of match. Two big names. You think so. Um, Gresham, uh, Alan Angels, uh, Takashita, and Nick Wayne to come on one contender for the Progress World Championship. The Four Horsemen. Well, Brian Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson versus the Rock and Roll Express. Um, Ray Phoenix, Bandido, Black Taurus, Josh Alexander, one of your favourites, bro, uh, against uh, Jacob Fatu, no contest. The Briscoes of Von Eriks, Jordan Grace, Jonah Perazzo, and Rachel Ellering. What a match that was. You got any uh, stories related to Jordan Grace you could t- share with us? Not going to, no. Oh, okay, all right. I'm not going go to go to that world every time, Graham, no. <laughs> Don't need to, Graham. Don't need to anymore. And then the main event, Graham, which... Oh, oh dear. Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett versus Andre L. Elo and Ric Flair. This was 23 minutes long. Exactly 23 minutes long, this match. That was 27 minutes too long. I've said before how much of a bad idea it was for Ric Flair to get back in the ring, having just a few years ago kicked out at two and three quarters. And we saw him after that at WrestleMania, Graham, and he didn't look well then. He looked not good at all. I'm I'm going to upset a lot of people here by saying this, but this was a shambles on the main event. Absolute shambles. Now, Jarrett can still go. Jarrett can still go to the ring. That's, 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 that's clear. Um, Jay Lethal and, um, and, and Andrade. But think of them two wrestling each other. Maybe you have Ric Flair, you know, rolling, get, get the cheap at the end of something. But he actually, the, the figure four he tried to put on, honestly, I mean this, I mean this with love and no disrespect at all. But Jackson pinning me when he was four years old was more convincing. <laughs> and Jackson couldn't even touch. When Jackson tried to pin me, he wasn't even touching the ground. <laughs> okay, that was more convincing. Okay, he was bleeding. Of course, he was bleeding. It's Rick fucking Flair. And this is what I'm saying about bleeding because it's a fucking gimmick. All he does is blade all the time. I don't think. Rick Flair, that's why Rick Flair retired and was my 24 game. I think he had to retire because Vince would let, wouldn't let him blade anymore. It's a 10 grand fine for if you blade. Maybe it's a 100 grand fine, you know, if you blade. Um, 
And I don't think Frick can afford it, seeing he's got 19 XYs of anime to pay for. So, yeah, I this was, it was bad from start to finish. Uh, the concept, and they're going to do another one as well now, apparently. Another final one? <laughs> yeah, but not... not what are they, not, the Eagles? Not not Ric Flair, though. They, oh, this one okay. is going to be Harlem Heat's last match. So this is the Booker T and Stevie Ray's final farewell, as it were. I'm like... Don't think I, he quite has the same pulling power. I, I love Booker T. Don't get me wrong. In the ring, I love him. Not so good in the microphone. I don't like him behind the commentary table at all. I've said that many times. Uh, but, yeah. I mean... No. Just, no. Graham, you talk. I want to stop talking. Um, I didn't notice this before. On a, on the Zoom where you can change your name and that, your says Matt Willis, co-host, co-founder, Ed T-Boy. <laughs> Good cop, bad cop podcast. I, I assume that's been there the whole show. I, I only just noticed it as you were been talking. A, been there for an hour, Graham. Yeah, now, this won't hour. happen. Uh, this might be the only time this will ever happen, but I think I can correct you on a Japanese pronunciation. Uh, it's Takeshita. Oh, fair enough. I've because uh, he's been on AEW uh, a few times recently, and um, also it was one uh, for me. It's particularly memorable. Uh, if I was to mention to Mason and Jackson now that we were talking about this person, um, they would just start laughing. And the reason they'd start laughing is I don't remember what review it was, but we'd never heard of this person. But his name basically looks like Take a Shit, pretty yeah. much when yeah. it's written down. And you know, boys and obviously a very grown-up boy we just couldn't stop laughing when we were trying to read it and it's just, it's become kind of a little joke for us it it, it is but, but i um, know now it's uh Takeshita, so like, well, oh that's how you pronounce it not take a shitter well that's kind of sort of what it looks like but hey just to bring the level i would just say the the brit is, is the, the, the the full-blooded brit in the room graham is asking where are you gonna take it <laughs> you, don't take, you don't take one, you go for one. <laughs> it it was um it was amusing to us that it had that word shit in his name. This and, is uh, why we this is why we go with Mason is American Graham and not British in any way, shape, or form because he's using American terms. Uh-huh. Now, unfortunately, I didn't see any of that um pay-per-view. I saw people talk about it on Twitter. Um, the part that surprised me that you didn't mention, I'm sure I read in the review, didn't he fake a heart attack in the middle of the match? I was like, oh my god, like that there's some things that you don't do. And um with his history, that's certainly one that just was like that. That's that's in pretty poor taste. Unless it was clearly faked and you could tell that it wasn't real. But I'm like, that's not something that yeah, didn't really appeal to me. Um no, I heard the same thing. I heard all the rest of the card was fantastic, but we don't need to see Ric Flair um do that anymore. Now did we bring this on ourselves, though, Matt? I think as wrestling fans, we might well have done. Um, we definitely talked about in April as our good cop moments, Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back, somebody who hadn't wrestled in nearly 20 years, and he's coming back, and he didn't just have a, a short match like we thought, or part of the tag team, he had a, a singles match, and he had kind of a long match as well. So, And we were all raving about it. So you can kind of see, we know obviously Ric Flair's a, a money-grabbing person as well. Like the things that he promotes, uh, the products that he tries to sell, and he's always trying to sell this, that, and the other. I think we might have brought this on ourselves a little bit as well. Not really. So, I think he's. I think he's obviously much different in terms of age. Like obviously he's he's way further down the line. Rick Flair is twenty years older than Stone Cold Steve Austin. I, I understand. Stone Cold that. Steve Austin is still freakishly good, good condition. I mean, look at me. He is. I mean, he looks like he did 
before he before he stopped wrestling. He may even be in better shape now than when he stopped wrestling. Yeah. The the question would be that how many people actually bought this? I haven't seen any numbers at all. If it was if it did well, then you can see why he would do it. Uh, there was the fact that we're even talking about it, Matt, tells you that it was relevant. I was interested in it, but when I was like, I'm not paying that. There's no way I'm paying that amount of money. Uh, I, I don't see the reason to to pay for pay-per-views when I have other streaming services. I can watch other stuff. But I, I can kind of see why it happened. Um, reviews, reviews of a show consistently pointed to the four-way between uh, Ray Phoenix, Bandito, Back Towards, and the Radio Kid um, as being the best match of the night. And they mm-hmm. declared performance in the main event as uncomfortable. And apparently, if in the lead up to the match, he'd been suffering from plantar facilitis. And he was drinking before the bout as well. He was, actually, he was actually drinking on the night before he was wrestling. Hmm. How stupid you have to fucking be? This is not this is not the 60s and 70s anymore, Ric Flair. You yeah. you're, you're lucky you're alive. Mm-hmm. End statement. Mm-hmm. I want to take this in a slightly different direction. Um, my main bad cop moment also will eventually involve Ric Flair, but for a totally different reason for what you said. Um, my bad cop moment is, as I was listing all the things that I'd been watching on Sling TV that was related to WWE, there was one noticeable admission. Now, I saw a couple of these because they were actually posted on YouTube, and I really enjoyed them. I think I actually mentioned them as an earlier good cop moment. Um, it's the TV show. I'm going to make sure I get the name of it correct. Uh, WWE's Most Wanted Treasures. And um, basically, they send a wrestler and they send some NXT guy whose name I've totally forgot right now, um, basically to try and get back pieces of wrestling history. Um, they talk about some of the iconic matches, some of the iconic gimmicks, and they basically have to track down where these things are try and buy them for the company, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I love this show. So why on earth would I include this in my bad cop moments? There's a few things that I noticed having watched the whole series now, rather than just two episodes, that to me appeared a little unsavory. Now, WWE is a, I can say multi-billion dollar company, right, Matt? They have a couple of billion dollar contracts right now for their TVs. So it's definitely a multi-billion dollar country. It's a company that has plenty of money. Now, they start off, most of the things they're trying to buy are probably, I would say, in the range of about $10,000. Now, for us, that would be a lot of money to spend on on a piece of uh, merchandise. For a company of that money, not really. Not really. Now, what I don't like is how they try and lowball them. Like they'll go to the dealers and it'll show you, hey, we think this is worth eight to twelve thousand, and then they'll find they'll track it down and they'll talk to the dealer, and they'll be like, look, we'd really like this. We're trying to reach. They promote it as like they're doing a good thing for wrestling. Okay, we want it back. We want to try and keep the sanctity of wrestling together. Blah blah blah. All this BS, as far as I'm concerned. And they're like, we can offer you like. I don't know. And then it'll go through the whole pained expressions. They're really good at selling this stuff, of course. Like $4,000. I'm like, oh, come on, you're lowballing these guys. Why are you lowballing these guys? I don't like it. Now, the other thing that I don't like is as well is certain wrestlers, and I'm thinking Jimmy Hart particularly. Jimmy Hart would do anything for the business. There was something they wanted that he had. And it was listed, same thing, like eight to 12000 And Jimmy Hart's just like, I- I'll give it to you. I think it's important that the fans get to see it. I think it's important for the legacy of this wrestler. I'm just going to give it to you. Like, no, Jimmy Hart, give Jimmy Hart his money. If it's worth eight to $12,000, why is this multi-billion dollar company taking freebies? Pay him his money, his $10,000, and you're done. 
if you don't want to, and I understand perhaps Jimmy Hart might be set up financially. He probably doesn't need that. How about you make a donation to charity for eight to $12,000? They're clearly being paid to make this TV show as well. So they're getting money from making the TV show. They're getting these items for free. There's just so much stuff to me that seems a little unsavory. Also, they're using very sneaky tactics to get stuff from the real fans. Uh, one of the fans of uh, Andre the Giant, uh, people who lived in the town mm. where he was in North Carolina, they were trying to get one of his passports. And obviously there was quite a few because he traveled all around the world to wrestle. And the first guy was like, I'm not selling it. He's like, this is too, this is too valuable. And then they went somewhere else and the same guy was like, no, I'm not selling it. And then they found a museum where there was one. And they were like, we'd really like this. We'd really like this. And um, the museum's like, yeah, I don't think we can do that. And then the lady came to them and said, well, I have one of his passports as well. You can have it if you like. And they were like, great, perfect. I'm like, come on, pay this. This lady is not somebody who's that rich. Like, if you would give her eight to $10,000, that makes a big difference. There were certain items, I will say, for that museum where they made a donation to charity. But that was the only time. I don't like WWE um, nickel and dime in these people. It doesn't seem right. Now, also, the, the guilt trip that they used was, we think that the fans should be able to see these things. Like, it shouldn't just be like one collector. We want the fans to be able to see this. Okay, but when? Like, they talked about WWE access. Not everyone gets to that. If they're actually putting towards and creating a legitimate Hall of Fame in a physical so, building... Yeah. I have no problem with this whole premise of collecting all these items. If it's just so they can store them in their warehouse and show them off to the bosses and corporate and things like that, I have a big problem with this one. Now, most of the items like I talked about in the show were eight dollars to $12,000. I said I was going to get to Ric Flair. I'm going to get to Ric Flair now. There was one particular robe of his that they wanted. I think it was called the butterfly robe. The um, butterfly. You... All right. You know what I'm talking about. And um, anyway, they couldn't, nobody knew where it was. It totally disappeared. Anyway, it suddenly turned up and uh, somebody put it on eBay. And unfortunately, it sold straight away for like $10,000. And they suddenly were like, oh, my God, we've been looking for this for 20 years and we found it. But we're too late. We didn't get a bid in. Anyway, they managed to come to find out who the guy was. They had the price for this as I think it was sixty dollars to $70,000. So they consider this a significant item. Anyway, they tracked down the guy and he said, well, there's another robe of his that I would really like. And perhaps if I could get a pair of shoes, then we'll go with that. I'm like, OK, fair enough. They didn't have the other robe that he wanted, but they knew he had it. It was another referee. So this guy was heartbroken. He was like, oh, my God, like, I really want to help out. But like, I love this item. He had tears. It was like, I'm sorry, guys. Can you stop filming for a second? Anyway, they agreed. Ric Flair was there and they agreed. He's like, look, I can get you a different robe if you like and some other stuff. Would that be OK? And they were like, he's like, OK, I, for you, Rick, like, I'll do it. Like, I understand it's important. So anyway, they made the trade. And then the guy, the other dealers starts getting a little bit. He starts making extra demands. He's like, well, I've thought about it. But he's like, that's not good enough now. I want the robe, the shoes and like 20,000 or something. And they're like, oh, my God. So then they went back and had to discuss everything. And they agreed to that. Anyway, by the end, this guy got the robe he wanted, the shoes he wanted, $60,000 on top. Now, they were furious at this guy um, for basically changing the rules of the game. Like saying, hey, look, I'll accept a robe and some shoes. And then later saying, no, I want a robe, a shoes and $60,000. My point being is they agreed to pay the $60,000 plus all the other stuff they had to get. In the end, they probably spent close to like $130,000 just for this one item. But you have the nerve to nickel and dime those dealers. 
for something that's 8,000 and you're trying to get them for 4,000 or you're trying to guilt trip them into getting something for zero, if you can pay that extra $60,000, no questions asked for that one item, you could afford to pay those other people. I don't. I like the show. I love how it's set up. I like the history of it. I like the collecting of the items. Mm. But my bad cop moment is how WWE deals with it. Pay the people that money. And let's make sure that those items physically make it into a legitimate Hall of Fame. I have a feeling that, despite the fact that Triple H is definitely were apparently behind this, mm-hmm. it was Vince who was saying yay or nay. That may change now if Stephanie's one saying yay or nay. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe again, going back to something that will change down the line because of that. I do believe there's only nine episodes that have been made currently. Correct. Ric Flair was episode nine. Yep. But I can tell you, Graham, uh, that on March, in March 1st this year, A&E ordered 24 more episodes. Woo! Like I say, love the show. Love hearing the people talking about the stories of those items. Mm. Um, the history of them, see, and we, um, we but... don't get it here. You see, we don't get it. Oh, here. so you've never seen an episode? Well, I've seen bits because it gets shared on, you get like little segments shared on TikTok and sure, on Instagram sure. and things. The episodes, of, of course, are Mick Foley. Yeah, that was one. the one that I saw. There was two that I saw because mm. they posted them on. I think it was the A and E channel. Sometimes they'll make some mm. of their material available, and that's when I got into it. And then I couldn't get the other ones, and I was kind of furious because Mick Foley yeah. was a good one. Yeah. Well, the, the episodes are Mick Foley, Undertaker and Kane. Yep. Oh, wow, that one. That, that was a bit soft. Um, Jerry the King Lord and Andy Kaufman. That was the one I saw as well. Those were the two that I'd seen. Booker T, Junkyard Dog and Charmel. Sergeant Slaughter, The mm-hmm. Iron Sheik and Bob Backlund. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake the Snake Roberts, The Honky Tonk Man and Jimmy Hart. Mm-hmm. Brewers of Brewers Beefcake, Greg Valentine, and Jimmy Hart. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Hart has a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah a, lot of, yeah, a lot of things, a lot of pies, isn't he, Graham? So, yeah. Under uh, the Giant, obviously, as you talked about, mm-hmm. and uh, Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. I, I will say, for as you haven't seen it, Iron Sheep does not play any part in that episode. Um, he's unable to travel right now because of health conditions. Yes. So they were trying to get his merchandise, but he wasn't physically involved in any of the process. They showed clips of him, but they did mm. not show any current clips. Yeah, so they're here. Iron Sheep is not featured because of health reasons, yes, unfortunately. Yes, yeah. But didn't detract from the episode at all. No, it's no, really interesting to see some of those characters and some people who we haven't seen, like who just don't appear on WWE anymore. Sometimes you get they get people coming back for like spot appearances, or you'll see them on different shows, fun. or they'll be as commentator. But some of these people we just haven't seen in years and years, so it's really great. To when they when they turn back up again, it's like oh yes, mm-hmm. it's like oh. it's like when Scotty Twitty turns up out of the blue somewhere. Sometimes it's like yes, we love you, Scotty. That was actually, of all the things I watched on Sling, that was actually the first thing that I wanted to see because I really enjoyed those two episodes that mm-hmm. I saw. But I, I had to, th- I was finding, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie, I found it tough to find bad cop moments. It was the one thing to me that was just a little unsavory. I, I don't like a billion dollar company exploiting people when they could ease, they could easily have afforded to pay that. Like I'm sure that A and E is paying them a, a good fee to even produce, to make that show, so. There is one yeah. thing here, Graham. I've seen, just looking at some of the notes for this series because I have to, for, just because I haven't seen the series. Uh, one of the items, I'm not saying which one, was not purchased because WWE thought it was not authentic. Oh. Mm. 
There was discussion on one that, got, like, what they'll do is, like, when they have the item, the, and then they go and see it at the collectors, like, they'll take pictures of it, and then they'll go back and watch the video of the actual, like, SummerSlam 2003, and then they'll check little things to see, like, does this have a this on this play? So, yeah, there are a few things like that they mm -hmm. have to check. But, yeah, authenticity is obviously an important, because for some of these, it's really difficult. Like, some of them are just so generic. Um, yeah. It's tough to know whether it's yeah, exactly. legit or not. Yeah, I remember all oh, this was years ago. I remember watching uh, a thing on it's on, it's on YouTube. You can go check, go check out uh, porn stars. Um, uh, I had a uh, P A W N porn for our American listeners. I, yeah. I I have real trouble pronouncing that word as well. Apparently, I'm told it's porn. Yeah, yeah from a porn shop. Porn shop. Um, someone went in there with, I believe it was a uh, a. Uh, Cactus, a dude love shirt, mm. and um, I don't know if you see this one, but, but uh, he um, his dude love shirt, and uh, the guy's like, I've no idea what to be paying for this sort of thing. I'll have to phone, I have to, I have to phone my expert. Um, so he got one of us off, and the other guy talking like, I've no idea who he's gonna call, and then cut, it cut like it's like twenty minutes later, Japer walks in, it's fucking Mick Foley. <laughs> Shut up! Wow. Mick Foley walks in. And as so I like, like, it's very good. It's probably better quality for the shirt we made at the time, but it's not an original. No, because it was better quality. Yeah. So you knew it's better quality. And then he showed he had a bit, and he did show a bit of soccer he'd had, and it was signed, and that was legit, and that was worth twenty five thousand dollars. And Mister Soccer signed by Mick Foley though. I have a Mr. I got Mr. I got Mason and Mr. Soccer. When I met Mick Foley, I, I bought one of the signed? Yeah. Hmm. I, I, oh, well, I thought it was. Perhaps it's not. Maybe, maybe it was. So maybe it was. Maybe it was. Maybe it was a specific one. Maybe it must be because he does that. Like he has those on his website. Like he makes yeah. them like around Christmas time. Like he hmm. sells those and hmm. like it's a perfect stuffer, stocking stuffer. Of course it is. I imagine. Imagine it's one of those like. Like it was at like, uh, Hell in a Cell in 1998 uh, when he was for, for sale, for example. That one, for example, maybe we were signed afterwards. Or that mm -hmm. sort of, see if it was not that sock, probably, but something yeah. with massive significance, for example. I'm assuming it was one that was featured in an actual match. I think it was 25,000. I'm going to have to go back and check it now because now I'm, now I'm questioning my own logic and my own memory. But I, have, but I did think the better part of four bottles of wine in the last two days. Uh -huh. See, I got it because I saw Mick physically sign it. So I knew it was like if I'd seen it on eBay or something, I would have been a little bit suspicious. But the fact that I got to see, um, actually, I don't think I did get to see him do it. I think it was like you bought it before you went into the ring or whatever. But it was like, it's an obvious one. I'm kind of curious where Mason has that. I know he has a little shelf where he displays his kind of uh, souvenirs and stuff. I'll have to check to see if I, if I can find a picture of it, I'll take it and I'll use it as part of our promo for this uh, for this episode. <laughs> All right, speed check time. 90 seconds if you need it. What you got? Right, okay. Logan fucking pole. That's a bad moment. The match was fine. The match was fine with me. But because the match went long, rather than cutting out some of the adverts or things like that, they cut Liv and Ronda's match short. And I know, I, I mean, don't go on. But Liv and Ronda think it, it worked perfect for the storyline. Obviously, it worked really well. Uh, that match was cut apparently by about, by about six, seven minutes. Liv got almost no offense in at all, which she was meant to. So yeah, I'm uh, 
I'm not quite as happy as I could be with that. Um, but maybe a, just cut the package down a little bit more. <laughs> Christian versus Matt Hard in AEW. Um, I I like these two guys. I do. But uh, as someone in the crowd said, uh, I was playing this on a, on a PlayStation game back in 1999. Okay, this has been happening now for, 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 20, for 23 years, guys. Okay, we've seen it. We've seen every version of this match. Okay, move on. And um, also, AW, sorry, but um, I hate to burst bubble here. Uh, you had a lot of firsts in, on AEW. You had the first ever um, stadium stampede, and you've had like all these amazing firsts. Dump the match, not the first time ever. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, that was back in WWE between, I believe, Chainsaw Charlie uh, and um, and DX and McFarlane back in the day. Now, I, I'm gonna, I don't think this will be a big shock to you, but I think the AEW demographic is a little bit different to the WWE demographic. I think the average WWE watcher is probably my age or even older, so we're talking old, old, old. Um, I think the AEW demographic is much younger. So although you may have seen some of those matches, I'm not sure everybody who's um, into AEW right now possibly has seen those matches. So for them, that might be something that they're still interested to see. So I'm going to I'm gonna say, I understand what you're talking about, but I also think that I think it's a, a legitimate match. And I guess they'll find out if it's not working for the ratings and the crowd start booing, then they'll stop doing that stuff. But if that's not happening, then I'm, I'm sure uh, they'll, they'll take feedback from the fans, I'm sure, with that. Booing is fine, Graham. Booing is a reaction. When you get crickets, you've got to worry. I don't think, but I don't think either of those things happen. So, I, for that reason, I'm going to say no, but not a bad comment. Right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I will accept your your comments, Graham. I'm not going to agree with them, but I accept them. Okay. Uh, I, I switched the clock off because I, I really don't need it. Um, one of them, one of them was an unsure moment. But we already talked about it earlier, so I'm going to skip to it. Um, the only thing I didn't like about that main event at SummerSlam is the Usos had to defend Roman Reigns again. Like, I didn't think for one second Roman Reigns is losing. I'm done with his title reign right now. He's keeping it all the way until um, WrestleMania next year. Everybody knows that. Um, he might be content. It might be even longer than that still. And for that reason, it's it's boring. It, he'll make a thousand days probably, and I couldn't care less at this point. So, yeah, the, the unfortunate. Well, perhaps with Hunter being in there, perhaps it might change a little bit. But right now, I don't want to see the Usos saving uh, Reigns' neck again. It's boring. That's it. Um, Fair enough, Graham, and I fully agree with that. I do think that the match they had with the Prophet was great. Well, it was a good match. Yeah, I, I agree. They're 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 a good tag team uh, for sure. I also you don't need Montez, a three on one handicap man. I do think as well, Montez Ford was waiting to explode. It's waiting to explode. He mm-hmm. is the Jeff Hardy of that team for sure. He uh, he's going to become a megastar for sure. The, uh, I, I always get those two mixed up. Is he the one that gets the massive height when he does the frog splashes? Yeah, which he, which Graham, do you do you know what you call the Graham? I don't remember. From the heavens! Ah. And it is, and, it, and it's got to be done with Corey Graves. From the heavens! It's fantastic. I love it. I love it so much. The slow-mo? Um, it's just ridiculous. It yeah. looks photoshopped. He gets I so thought, much high. It's crazy. I thought no one could ever get the sort of height that on a frog like, like Rob Van Dam got. Yeah. He gets more than RVD he got does. back in the day. It's insane. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely insane. Um, yeah, I need to uh, correct myself, though, Graham. Oh, uh, because it wasn't Mr. It was not on Mr. Soccer. I don't know where I got Mr. Soccer and that price in my head for. Uh, it was um, he had she had a uh, 
a man a a mankind mask. Oh, that would in be a, far more. <laughs> yeah, that would be far more valuable yeah, than Mister. A, a mankind mask, but apparently, um, he uh, he wanted five hundred dollars apparently for for mask and the shirt. Um, yeah. Um. Oh, and the the, the shirt was legitimate. That's what the shirt was legitimate. Um. Uh-huh. As as one of the first ones to be made. Um. But he doesn't know how much the art would be worth. He wanted five hundred for him. They offered him two hundred, mm-hmm. and uh, he t- didn't take it. He walked away, saying he was more happy because he got to meet Mick Foley. Oh, of course, yeah. He just got yeah, free so, meet and greet. <laughs> yeah, so it was so the mask. Uh, I'm not sure how much that would be. I know that they go for a decent amount of cash because the, it was proper leather and everything. Yeah, it was proper leather and everything. Um, if I was uh, guessing from what I'd seen on the show, I'm guessing for something like that, four to five thousand minimum. Uh, yeah, that, that's more than that, two hundred. That's for sure, and more than five. Yeah, anyway, five hundred for it as well. So I'm like, yeah, I'd have big if you big your hand off. If I, I guess that part of it also depends on how many of these actually they are. Like of if course. it's one, then obviously that raises the price. If there was like a hundred of these made, then obviously lowers it dramatically. But mm. yeah. All right. Well, let's see what our let's see what our listeners have got to talk about. Um, I managed to remember to put out the fan cop uh, tweet this week, so let's see what our fans have got to say. Good. Bad. All right. I'm going to start first with uh, Dan Griffin. Uh, best cop moment: both SummerSlam and the undercard of Ric Flair's last match delivered great entertainment and quality matches. Here, here. Uh, worst cop moment: Ric Flair's last match. He had no business being in the ring. And the whole thing left me feeling sad. I hope he's got it out of his system. Amen from me and Matt, I'm sure. He that. couldn't even grip the brass knuckles, Graham. Mm. Okay. Um, we, it's, it's, it's maybe a running a running trend, Graham. You know, like, best side pal, HEP words. Uh, best cop moment, recording the first episode of Palace, of Powell Palace Pod. I say that three times. We've had a skin for tell you. Triple P. My wife. Exactly. P3. What is P squared? Cubed. <laughs> Squared's two, two. <laughs> I'm, I'm still getting there with my mouth. Right? I'm still getting there with my <laughs> Bad cop being ill or bloody weak. Absolutely. We, uh, you obviously went well last week as well, Graham. So, uh, uh, yeah. Last week and... I was not good. I I, honestly, I I assumed I had COVID and I took the COVID test and I, I didn't have COVID. And actually, the, after I'd taken the COVID test, I had a dramatic recovery and I was brilliant. But yeah, Zebra, for three days I was Zebra. straight out of the chair. Uh, I had to take a I had to take a COVID test again this week. I just couldn't stop coughing. Um, I, I had a, like a day when I was like, "Oh my god!" As soon as I took the COVID test, it was negative again. I stopped coughing. Like I don't know. It, uh, sometimes a cough is just a cough, and it was sometimes the cough is just a cough, and sometimes the bullet. To the but yeah, a little worrying. Um, high five, Tom. Uh, great cop moment at Matt Fitchett defending the AAW Pro on at Impact Wrestling next week. Love the synergy and long overdue. And bad cop falling behind the G1, but thankfully, and the at the VFTR people at Brainbuster Boys at BFR Pod and at Cage LQ are keeping me updated. Absolutely fantastic! I did actually uh, see on Sling there is some um, New Japan Pro Wrestling as well, so I might no excuses then. Yeah, I might try and catch a look. Yeah, absolutely, no excuses. Now I agree. No they they seem to be a few and far between, but I will try and catch them. No excuses to catch the old one here and there, Graham, for sure. Yeah. I'm going to go to our friend Justin two Justin Time two on one best cop Vince McMahon retiring. WWE being great hands. 
it already feels like better hands already going. It does. It feels like a holding pot already. It feels there's more energy about the face. There's more smiles on faces. We hopefully mean more bums on seats. Yeah, which will come down to a stock for you to go up. Obviously. Um, speaking of good stock, uh, bonus best cop got to go return of good cop bad cop. I'll stop it, you. No, um, enough already. Worst cop moment: Rick Flair wrestling. No reason whatsoever. He needed to risk his life for one more match. I'm not entirely sure he was being paid that much mm. to uh, warrant it. I mean, unless you can be paid like millions for it at that stage of life, it's not. It's not. It's just not worth your time, Graham. Is it? Perhaps he was trying to put the younger generation over and give them a, a platform. Graham, Graham, the best of. I don't it. I just wasted the devil's advocate. Graham. The best will in the world. <laughs> the best will in the world. Um, uh, Jeff Jarrett is a Hall of Famer. Uh, Jay Lethal is one of the most overrated I've ever seen in person. And 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 Andrade is he's, he's he's only in the match because he. I was thinking of the undercard, but I was oh, thinking of the, the main match. They they all they all big names in their own companies, Graham. Uh-huh. All right, it, JCB uh, at BFRJCB. Good cop moment. It's tournament time in wrestling. Uh, five stars in stardom N1 in NOAA G1 uh, in the NJPW Tokyo Princess Cup uh, in TJPW. Wow, there's a lot of initials in this one. Uh, yeah. Love me a good tournament and bad cop moment. <laughs> Ric Flair's last match. Sometimes you have to know when enough is enough. Absolutely. Um I'm going to go across to UGT Rob. Um, good cop moment. Fifth of man retiring. I imagine he's still trying to stick his oar in. Hopefully they ignore him. Seems to be so far. I think I think he could be... Uh, I think he could have some new uh, metal bracelets soon, going way, way things seem to be going, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, bad cop moment. The Gresham and Tony Khan blow up. It seems to be getting worse. Mm-hmm. Um, WTF cop moment. The rumours that Aubrey Edwards used an alias to get copyright strikes on content critical of her. Mm, I missed that story. I, I hadn't heard that either. I have looked into it. It does not sound good. Rob always um, finds those gems. That's why we love this. Uh, this is why we love like, Rob. Things so that we much. miss. Or don't Bad cop moments of what they're there for. Absolutely. What you got, Graham? Um, I think this is the last one, but you can certainly check. Um, Danny at Scottish Juggalo. Uh, good cop moment going through Nitro from the beginning with SJP Woods, but at Nitro underscore Knights. Uh, I've discovered that Macho Man wrestled Chris Benoit in an outstanding match from 1996. Highly recommended. And his bad cop moment, Logan Paul praise on the TL. I thought Logan Paul did pretty well, actually, but hey. Yeah. Not denying that as a rest that he can that he may be the most one of the most talented celebrities step in the ring, Graham, for sure. Mm-hmm. But same, but he, but he, I can't say that word. All right, would you and, like um, a little warm up for the Devil's Advocate? Because I saw somebody quote. I can't one. defend that. I can't defend that, Graham. Uh, well, you don't know what it is, but the the <laughs> you you obviously can guess it a little bit. Uh, somebody said that um, the one match that Logan Paul had at SummerSlam was better than anything Dominic Mysterio has done in two years. No. It's right, though, isn't it? No. <laughs> you don't think so? No. Okay. No. Yeah. It was great because Miz saw like a fucking trooper. Dominic Mysterio's first match was against Seth Rollins, and he lost. Mm-hmm. Celebrities don't lose when they come to WWE. They don't lose. Okay. 
I did hear as well, and I, I forgot to include this in my good cop moments. Uh, Sami Zayn mentioned the fact that he thought his match at WrestleMania. He said he was really proud of that match, and um, it was very silly. But it was we loved very... it. We all loved it. We, we loved did. it. I need. I don't normally go back and watch matches, but I don't think the boys have seen that. I think I might have to. Is it appropriate for Jay? I'm trying to remember. Absolutely. Is it, it proper? It's, funny. It, it's goofy. That, that is literally the definition of a Jackson Goofy program. Uh-huh. Isn't it surprising though? Does that really seem like a Vince match now? Coming to think about it, it's just Vince, too silly. Vince didn't. Vince. Vince. Vince thought it was good. Vince probably did it to try and, try and embarrass Sammy. Did work. Probably. Didn't work. No, it worked. I, I was glad that Sammy um, appreciated that match. And um, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. But Sammy saying he's committed to the industry. As we, I mean, yeah. I think that was our last one. So, uh, yeah, build, it was- uh, a couple of. Um, Things that I noticed throughout this week, for example, like you pointed out about um, uh, with Regal uh, when he was having on, he was on the with um, Dennis Farrell. Recently. Yeah, Wrestling Perspectives podcast. Go do go check that out, guys. Definitely. Especially that episode. That is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, talking about um, uh, have a carry on films. Yeah. Uh, were such a big influence on his character. Looking back, of course they were. Um, yeah. I grew up with the carry on films, guys. I can relate to that a lot. So when this past couple of weeks Bernard Crippen's passed away mm. uh, broke my heart broke my heart Graham broke my heart I'm not going to lie yeah broke my heart. I'm not going to lie apparently um, he just filmed his last few segments for the upcoming Doctor Who I think it's the 80th anniversary I want to say and that's 60th anniversary 60th anniversary oh I don't know yes what the 60th 80th anniversary Graham with 14 pieces yeah that's too far my math suddenly was like hold on that's World War 2 that's so 40, like, 1940, 1943, <laughs> Graham, that would be. I, I was 19... envisioning the poster, and on the poster, I'm sure I saw an eight there, but I was like, that doesn't make sense, so, yeah. Uh, but we fair, will it, still get to see some new uh, Bernard Cribbin stuff. His you. last thing is going to be Doctor yeah. Who. It would have next year, it's going to be very emotional, for sure. Very emotional, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, but, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, so many wrestlers inspired by mad things, but William Regal's always been in, been into that sort of stuff. I mean, I remember once when he, I mean, I've talked this before, when he um, when he wrestled Goldust in a Las Vegas Shogo match, which was ridiculous. Yeah. But full of fun. And mm-hmm. uh, he had a match with Paul Birchall. Um, They were a tag team, and Birchall wanted to go and be a pirate. Uh, I liked the gimmick. It kind of fell on flat ears, but I liked it. Uh, anyway, he ended up having a match with Regal because Regal wanted him to stop being a pirate and come back to just being, you know, you know we're born naughty, you know, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to have fight like Englishmen, that sort of thing. And Birchall um, beat Regal, so he had to become his wench. Um, so only uh, he was swinged down on a um, on a rope, Birchall, because you do as a pirate, obviously. Yeah. And then so he introduced. Um, uh, Wench Regal, and with Regal's boom, boom, boom music, he swung down in full drag. <laughs> 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 oh god, he William Regal was meant to be in this business, guys. Anyone out there listening who is thinking about becoming a wrestler or wants to know more about the industry, listen to the episode. With William Regal on the Wrestling Perspectives podcast, and if you get a chance to see anything of Regal's work, for God's sake, do so and absorb it. 
what he doesn't know about wrestling isn't worth knowing. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for responding. <laughs> I say we've been we've missed a couple of weeks, so but everyone was straight back on track again. We appreciate that, and keep an eye out next week, probably around seven days ish, and uh, we'll probably end up doing the same. All right, time for Devil's Advocate round. Matt, do your thing. Hopefully you're not out of practice. <clears throat> Sisters, brothers, and non-binary others, welcome to episode 202 of Good Cop, Bad Cop, Wrestling Podcast Devil Advocate round. This with myself and Graham, we're throwing devil's advocates at each other with a wrestling theme to them, usually. I think they would be the same, if you guys. Um, if you're out there... Believe what we're saying is not just a hot take. We are taking to try and make the person laugh and not for a full 20 seconds. Take out of our DA, DA, at Dying Format, Mike Pellegrini. So, Graham, are you wanting to do it first? Or well, before we even start, you normally say you have several. Um, I actually have three, and I'd kind of like to do all three, to be honest. I have I have three, Graham. Um, perfect. I do have three. Um I've got a funny feeling you might be about to ruin one of them, but go on. You want me to? You want me to give you You, one first? You go first, Grandma. So so I'm not going last overall yet. All right. Well, I'll pick the one that you won't pick then, so I won't spoil it, and we'll do it that way around, okay? And then if you spoil it for me, you spoil it for me, and I only have two left, but that that'll work. All right. Uh, Your first one then for me is. Uh, with farmer Brock Lesnar bringing a tractor to SummerSlam, it logically follows his next entrance music should be a classic from the Wurzels. Well, absolutely, Graham. Maybe even the combine hours to I actually know the song, I can't, I can't remember the words off the top of my head, though. <laughs> because mainly because I think my done for copyright infringement, Graham, because that would be terrible. But that song by the Wurzels is absolutely brilliant. I love it to pieces. Best heard in Cornwall. Now I got a brand new combine harvester. I'll give you the key. <laughs> I've got 20, 20 acres, acres and, and I got 43. <laughs> I... <laughs> I couldn't remember the words off the top of my head. When I hear it, I can sing along to it, but I couldn't hear it. <laughs> if you know more than one Wurzel song, you're really a, a true music fan. I think there's one about Cider as well. I have it on my iPod somewhere, but yeah. Very possibly. Great, I, very the possibly. tractor had to get a mention somewhere this week. It just seemed iconic, and the Wurzels was a... Fir- um, I will put a post a link to that song on the Good Cop, Bad Cop feed, because most people have no idea probably what that song is. I wasn't sure if you even knew what the Wurzels were, which is why I was glad you were singing. That was from the 70s. That was I was probably only mm-hmm. about two or three when that came out, probably. So I knew but, you weren't even born at that there time. Are it is people- a classic. My friend Alex Graham from from Game Junkies, of course, out every yeah. Saturday on VGM. Um, yeah. he he is a massive fan of that song. He'll sing it quite often, and of course, being Cornish, he, being Cornish, he got the accent for it as well. Yeah. Oh, I, I love to do the, sing the song and within a ridiculous accent as well. So yeah. Right, Thanks. Graham, your first right, you got- one, Graham. Uh, I apologize. One, this one is interesting thing, but I couldn't resist either. Um, uh, golf is a waste of time. Well, like you already said, what's the point? It's just a good walk spoiled. Like, what's the point in trying to hit a small ball off a big ball? The big ball being the earth, of course. And then most of the time, you're just chasing, going, looking for it. Like, it wanders into the... Like, disc golf, you can't throw it as far, so it's easy to find, and the disc's pretty big. On this, you hit the ball 300 yards, and it's something that's like a couple of inches across. Ridiculous. Hopefully that'll do for you. 
That would be very nice for me, Graham. Bring me yeah, your next I one. I found that one. All right. The other one that I didn't want to cut out was... Let's see which one next. Oh, of course. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, with ESPN reporting that WWE officials signed 14 of the 50 collegiate athletes who delivered promos and worked in the ring during SummerSlam tryouts, I'd like you to defend your own assumption that it's AEW that has the bloated roster and not WWE. Well, given that he signed 14 of the 50 tryouts, Graham, I could absolutely defend that, Graham, because they signed 14 out of 50, and they, de- they determined it being an absolute failure, Graham, and they're going back to, instead of signing from college now, they're going to be signing from Indies again now, Graham. So they've got to be inverted to Triple H's original format, Graham, and that worked fine, so AEW can suck it. Now, I didn't even... That was obviously written before we started recording. You even mentioned the fact that um, Johnny Gargano could be returning. Dakota Kai has already returned. Sasha could be coming back. Naomi could be coming back. Like, that roster's getting pretty big. <laughs> I know you wouldn't want to be hypocritical, of course. True, but at least they have got more... Pro- <laughs> at least they have got more programming. Maybe they could just have... I don't know. They could actually just make things work better. And now things are open up a bit more, they're going to, they need a touring party as well. They haven't announced who the 14 people are, but one of them really caught my attention. It's thought to be a former NBA player, uh, well, Dwight Howard. Like, mm-hmm. it's, he's actually the free agent right now, and he said, look, if I get re-signed by an NBA team, I'm going to w- I'm going to the NBA. But if WWE signs me, I'm all in with WWE. So that'll be a really interesting one to actually see, because he's a big guy. I think that would be um, that name recognition. Obviously, he would be very rusty to begin with, but you can't teach height. So you, you can't you teach. Remember, that. I think seem to remember Enzo saying that at one point a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, Graham, your next, your next advocate for me, Graham, is I hereby announce my name going forward is Sven. Is what? Sven. I totally don't understand. I have no idea what this is in reference to at all. But obviously, you want to change your name. So Graham's just too generic right now. We want to appeal to a much broader international audience. Like, we're we're 200 episodes now. So if I want to start appearing to Scandinavian audiences, I'll go with that. Obviously, Sven-Goran Eriksson was a former England manager as well. So that'll appeal to the English audience as well. But I have no idea where I'm going with this. All right, you've got to explain some context. because that just Well, you shared it, Graham. So I'm missing something. You shared it. You shared it. You did. You what? shared it. Morty and Fitch renamed you and me, Sven and, Sven and Brian, on, oh, the, on their podcast. On their podcast. Which is clearly our porn names. I um, <laughs> forgot. I actually asked I actually asked Morty um, on the episode when, because he named you first. He named you Brian. And I was like, oh, can I take that clip and put it at the end of Good Cop, Bad Cop? And he's like, yeah, of course you can. And then did I remember to do that? Of course I, I did. I just did. edited and put it straight... Um, I do remember seeing that tweet now, but I was totally lost there for a second. I, could, <laughs> I had no idea what that was. You got me there good. I, but I went with it. I went with Wait, it. Now, nothing, buddy? Your last one was, it was going to possibly be a bad cop moment. And then I, I didn't really have any, uh, I didn't really have any devil's advocates at this point. And um, I, I'm still not sure it's a devil's advocate, but um, I'm going to go with this. Now, this is from a few weeks ago. I've had this for a while. This was kind of in my little saved folder. And then when I looked last night, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this. It starts out with a tweet from at Natty by Nature. And it says, the Nyhearts, how pretty is my sister Jenny? She never believes me when I tell her. 
And the response from Jim Ross was, she's gorgeous at Nat by Nature, runs in the family. The part I would like you to defend is his last part of this tweet, Matt, which is, I wish she was a little bit older. Absolutely. When it comes down to it, Graham, we want people to be a bit older sometimes, Graham, because that way it doesn't sound quite as creepy. If you ever want proof of that, Graham, Dane Cook has just got engaged to his longtime love, who is now 23 years old, Graham. And they didn't gave for six years. I mean, she was 17, damn it! Um, apparently, um, Horny Jim Ross is a thing on Twitter, because people were going like, oh, one day since uh, Horny Jim Ross last made a comment, and there was lots of uh, comments in relation to that. To me, I didn't, I haven't, I don't follow his Twitter feed, feed, obviously, as closely as I thought. Um, I'm not sure how old Jim Ross is. Is he in his 60s? 70s. 70s. Um, I don't know how old Natty's sister is. 30? Not not in that, not in that, not in that demographic for sure. He's he she's young enough to be his granddaughter. Yeah, it, it just seemed um and in that, a, it that, seemed that, more that appropriate for his uh co-host for such a long time. It just seems something more like the king would say. He rubbed off on him. He could have he could have thought it but not said it. There was no reason to I, I don't know. It seemed like a bad cop moment, but it was... It's all good like that, yeah. For, for sure it might have been just something where he was... I don't know. He was just being sweet, but it came off as creepy to me. It came off as very creepy. I yeah. mean... Um, did you see the tweet just out of interest? I didn't. Oh, okay. I didn't. I would like to say, uh, because Magda had been listening, of course, uh, by God, my ranch dressing, by God. <laughs> I'm just looking to see. Now we're actually on uh, Zoom rather than um, uh, Twitter. I think I can share my screen, I think. You can, uh, Graham, yes. You've given me permission to share my screen. You should have. You have full oh, permission. Right the where bottom. the box is, something's coming up. Uh, oh, host disabled participation screen sharing. Sorry. I, have, I didn't, know I'd done, didn't know I'd done that. Didn't know I'd done well, that. Please. You're the... Yeah. Might say um, MGB Graham the boss on my uh, Twitter name, but uh, now you can. I can do it now. All right, let me uh, share it with you so you can see it. I know this is no help for people who are actually on the, but just so you can see, it's a little bit of a. It is a very wow. That leaves nothing's imagination. Um, Yeah, there's definitely (laughs) uh... (laughs) there's definitely puppies of uh, on site, shall we say? Wait, hey. You're, that's a very interesting facial expression right now. It's actually perfect. You mentioned the carry-on films. That would have been uh, that kind of expression would have been perfect um, uh, for some oh, of those. Yeah, long oh, yes. But oh, yeah, yes. it's um, it's kind of a risque picture. Um, risque. Which made Jim's comment, which made Jim's comment just seem even more uh, creepy. But... I recognize it weird, Graham, but the thing I recognize most about this picture is the pool. <laughs> from because it okay, as being the pool that, that they have at their house with with, okay. uh, with TJ Wilson obviously yeah I'm because gonna be honest I'm, if I hadn't if I have only seen the picture and not the uh, tweet that went with it I didn't actually recognize Natty at all oh what you mentioned I didn't know what is Natty isn't it oh dear yeah. Like, um, I don't know. Mm. I, I, I can't tell you why I didn't think it was Natty. Um, I don't know. Her hair looks a little darker on that picture, to be honest. I always think fair, of her as like. Hair, really and, hair when you add water to it, all looks darker, Graham. Correct. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't have necessarily recognized that was Natty to begin with if I hadn't have seen it. Was it looks like she has put 
some form of um, strapping around her bosom. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, that leaves nothing to imagination at all. Um, I mean, what's, I mean, it's going to go boom, 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 boom. She runs along, isn't she? Which I think is the point. I, I will, I will stop sharing. But I, I wanted to give you some context. I wasn't sure yeah. if you'd seen the picture or not. I hadn't, and now um, that's been for me for a while. Okay. <laughs> Oof. Oof. You saw, you saw Oof. more of the night hearts than you thought you were going to. Oh, I saw right. I looked right at the night heart. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but okay, Graham. So. You're for fond of Advocate Graham. Oh, I forgot there was still one to go. Let me get my of, back up. My fond of Advocate Graham. Okay. Um, you wrote for me. <laughs> it's always good when that happens. You wrote for me, Graham. Um, <clears throat> setting up an Xbox is easy. Of course, you just read the instructions. That's the whole point of it. We talked about that on a game they were playing yesterday. We couldn't figure out how to hit it. And they said that you always read the instructions on this thing. Of course you do. Normally they're there in a box and you kind of just ignore them. But that's the most obvious thing. Um, Everything's all digital now. You can always Google how to do this thing. You can watch the YouTube tutorial. You can read the tutorial and get your kids to set it up if necessary. Piece of cake. Now explain the reason why it's a devil's advocate, Graham. Well, first of all, and I know... (laughs) I should have recorded your reaction. I, I was, I, I think I bought the Xbox more to see your reaction to me buying an Xbox. I mean, that you... is not a cheap way to get a reaction, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So, um, yeah, about a week ago, I got the Xbox. It was two ninety nine. I was like, that's pretty good. I was like, it's um, good. There's good. a few things that I like to play. And I was like, for the boys as well, like the, the rule right now is like we play an hour together in the evenings. It's actually been fun to get some bonding time with them. It's great bonding time. It's great bonding time. Particularly if the weather's not good as well. We've yeah. had quite a few rainy days this summer. Um, so, But we're only playing like an hour most evenings. Um, but yeah, the setup was, um, uh, you, you were like, any questions, just hit me up. And I started to set it up and I was like, I already set up my account on my phone. I was like, that's all good. And as I'm connecting it, it's asking for some code or something. I was like, I don't see where you enter this code. And anyway, it was weird. To me, it's weird that if you're setting up your actual Xbox, you have to set it up through your phone. To me, that still seems kind of weird. It's all about about security things, Graham. You were right. Um, There was a picture of a phone. But I don't know if it's that colorblindness thing, but I'm I don't pay good t- good attention to details. The thing that I saw was the code. I didn't notice that it was a code that was shown on a phone, which tells me you've got to set it up on your right. phone. But even like and that and that's fair. That's fair. That's what you say. That's fair. The fact, ladies and gentlemen, and sisters and brothers and legally others, um, that this is a a devil's advocate is the fact that I explained this to Graham in detail. I told him every step in detail on 3% battery, I might point out. <laughs> I was committed to sorting this for him. Uh, I saw it. Uh, so I remember, like, like, I'm just going to leave to later on. He's like, I'm like, for fuck's sake, follow the instructions, you idiot! That literally wasn't. It was not normally. No, I've like given booklets. you. Normally you get like booklets and there wasn't. It was just like a single piece of card and it kind of skipped through that important step. It didn't mention anywhere that while you're doing this, you'll do it through your phone, not through the... Because obviously it's a smart TV. You have the internet access there. Um, obviously, last time I set up a computer, Matt, it was you plug in the cassette deck into the back. And uh, that, that was pretty before, much it. Graham. We're talking a long, long time ago. Uh, we haven't really... 
done much on the Xbox so far. Uh, we've played some Rory McIlroy golf. I, I love playing the golf games on there, which I know is not going to be your thing at all. And no, uh, they're not not quite my thing, Grandma. And we played some of MLB the Show. Um, I thought mate, I thought Jackson would particularly like that. Um, it's, it's the good, graphics it's are good, but I, I'm going to be honest. The gameplay is a little complicated. I think it's a little complicated. It's, it's a simulator. A to get it. It's a simulator. So, yeah, yeah. So we'll probably try and delve into a few more things. But I think it'll be fun to find things that we can play together. And uh, They've just added Peppa Pig, Graham, to the uh, to, to game party. It wasn't a bit... I think I saw I think we saw that and uh, neglected it. We went through the list because I was showing them because because the boys were like, ooh, well, let's try this one, let's try this one, let's try this one. Um, the thing I'm finding is it's taking... I don't know if it's just our internet connection, but if we download a game, it takes a long time. Like, I left... One of them I just left overnight, and then the next well, day... Depending on, well, depending on the game, Graham... Like, 60 can, gigabytes, one of them. Oh, that, oh that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a mid-sized game nowadays, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that and and uh, that will take you a good, a good hour to at least, yeah. On a, yeah. On a strong connection. So but you, because... In my mind, it was kind of like, oh, like we'll just pick a game and then we'll play it. And it was like, no, you kind of got to get everything. My best decision was not telling the boys that I had it and I got everything set up because otherwise it did. It probably took in the end two hours, something like that, with all the signing up for different things, signing up for the Xbox Pass, uh, picking some games, trying to get mm. something downloaded. And it was a good job I didn't tell them. And I the think game... it would have been annoying otherwise. The Game, game Pass was a Game Pass Ultimate. I think it's the Ultimate version you got, yeah? Yeah. Game Pass Ultimate. If if you go to Game Pass, Graham, you got the little cloud symbol uh-huh. next to you can it. Play it. But that's how you I can... started playing cricket, to be honest. Yeah, you can play directly without having to download it. But yeah. it is much as much better when you can download it for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, I'd be I would be happy, Graham, at any point to advise you on games. Is this suitable for the kids? Is this good for thinner? I'd you be like look at the rating. Yeah, the ratings are always. Ratings are they sometimes they overdo the ratings sometimes. Right? I'm a math person. I can, I understand inequalities. Yeah, but you know it's uh interesting. Um, I would also like you go because I've got an ego, Graham, to you uh, to to just mention what it is, what the kid first thing your boys said when they found out you got the Xbox. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you can play with Matt now. <laughs> I think they want to as well. I was like, yeah, yeah, we could. Yeah, they okay. knew. It was well, well, did you see no Graham as well? Among Us, which is that little uh, little game, which complete is completely free on the Game Pass as well, Graham. So uh, uh, I'd be more than happy to have a game with Jacks or Mason on that one anytime. Right. I, I, I have to get your I have to get your game junkies now, Graham. Oh dear, yeah, I guess so. Oh boy, wow, I'm really uh, well, we stretching can, we out can, my we, podcasting wings recently. Well, we can we can certainly advise you on some good ones to get, Graham. How about that? Mm-hmm. It's on the pass. <laughs> I'm not buying. Oh, <laughs> games. Sometimes you can get some cheap indie games, Graham, which yeah. cost maybe like two or three dollars, and then oh. and they're, and they're, they're super cute. My price, they're right. super cute, and they're super fun to play. Uh-huh. I, I did look. At, I can't remember which one I looked at. It might have been MLB the Show when it was with all the additional package. It was like a hundred. I was like hundred dollars for a game. I was like, what? Um, oh, yeah, you think? Like, you've, hell Graham, no, Graham. You've been that <laughs> Have you? You've heard of The Sims, obviously, yeah. 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 If you were to buy every single pack and the main game for The Sims 3 back in the day, if you bought the whole lot, that's his kind of, that's that's back then, not money now because of inflation. Yeah. If you were to buy every single pack, twelve hundred dollars. What? Oh my god. Some people more so many money. so many DLC packs, Graham thinking now, you can just mix and match things in comparison. 
Grand Theft Auto Five. Ter- uh-huh. A terribly violent game. Do not let your boys play it. Um, love it. But um, uh, coming up for 10 years old, that game, all the downloadable content is free. Oh, okay. But you can pay for in-game currency. That gets messy. With mm. a casino in there, do not let your boys play it. Do not let them play it, Graham. I implore you. <laughs> Got it. It, it's right. my, it, it is my Xbox. It is not their Xbox, and I have to log in before they can even do anything. Yeah, yeah. So. I would, yeah, make sure that you've got that parental thing on official. Right, mm-hmm. let's wrap things up, going Before we send the game junkies light, <laughs> we'll be back next week, guys. Uh, I'll be half myself and Graham. We're out of here. Um. Music was Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. HTTP colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0 slash.